Hello and welcome back to Vikings Happy Hour, spot brought to you by Lake Monster Brewing and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to check out thatsbadasswoodart.com. If you find something you like, you can use promo code CTPOCKET and get 20% off any one item. Today we have a great show for you. We have Arif Hassan from Pro Football Network. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's brand, brand new, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, kind of. It's been around since like uh, 2019, so it hasn't been in the space like for a very long time at all. Um, but I've I only joined like in September, right? So yeah, that's what I meant. It's new, new yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you liking it over there? It rules. It rules. I love it. They they let me write all kinds of stuff. I'm shocked every day. I'm just like, hey, what if I write about this? And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, you, sh- you sure? And then I write it. Um, you give you give a leash. You give a reef. Too much of a leash. Who knows where he's going to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that's a blast. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, checking out a lot of your work over there, and it, it seems like you're having more fun even than than oh, maybe yeah. in, in years can, past. Yeah, I can I can like style off of anybody, right? I can just dunk on some random NFL owner, and nobody cares. <laughs> I wonder who you're talking about there. Uh, we'll leave that. We'll leave that as, uh, uh, as an aside. Maybe the readers or listeners can go check that out. Well, excited to chat with you. I know that you know previously you used to be really focused on the Vikings, uh, and 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 uh, over the last couple of years you've kind of gone a little bit national, a little Hollywood on us. But we'd love to kind of bring you back over to the the Viking side and talk a little bit about you know kind of what's happening this off season. Um, what's coming up here in the next 10 days here with the, the, the draft coming up here in a few days and maybe some of the different directions that you might see us going. So uh, first things first, you just dropped your consensus big board for the NFL draft. And can you talk to the listeners a little bit about that and uh, what all went into that? How much work did you put into that? I'm sure a ton. <laughs> so. Well, it, it, to be completely fair and accurate, I did not technically just drop it. This is like an updating, rotating big board. I've been keeping it through uh, since like about September, trying to make sure that it's always updated. It updates about once a month. The final update has not submitted yet, which is why I haven't oh. done like a big Twitter push yet. Um, so right now it's got about like 45 uh, big boards in it. So it's still pretty substantive. It's bigger than the first consensus big board I did back in 2015. So in like a sense, it's like, you know, closer to final than that one ever was. Um, but yeah, I still want to get all the April rankings in, but it's been, a, it's been a ton of work. Like you said, uh, you know, making sure that everybody's names are spelled correctly, making sure that all of the, the player names are consistent, even if they're, even if they're all spelled correctly, there's, you know, do I call him junior Fahoko or do I call him Viliami Fahoko? Right. They're both accurate. Right. Do I include the senior? Do I include the, the, the three, I don't know at the end of names. And so I had to kind of figure all that out. I have to figure out like what position designations to give some of these players. Like, you know, um, a cornerback might be a nickel only might be, you know, kind of both. I have to figure that out and put that in the board. I have to figure out if Brian Branch is a cornerback or a safety, you know, that kind of stuff. But also I have to like figure out, you know, who these people are, because uh, when I put together this board, you know, I have to explain some things. I have to say, hey, the variance on this on this guy is really high. And I can't just leave it at that. I have to be like, why? Right. Like, why is the variance on this guy high? Well, he just got arrested. I think that that's that seems relevant. Right. <laughs> Or, um, you know, the the everybody kind of agrees that this guy is, uh, you know, like the 10th ranked prospect, like they disagree on who's one through nine. Everyone disagrees on who's 11 through 15. But this guy is definitely 10th. Right. That's like 
I have to know why that's true. That's weird, right? So, so like I have to I have to learn a lot about these prospects, but I come at it from like a completely different angle, right? Like I learned about Anthony Richardson probably the same time a lot of the NFL world did when some random highlight against Utah went viral. Then didn't hear anything about him for like three months, uh, and now suddenly he's up all these boards, and I have to like figure out is he an interesting quarterback? Is he good? Is he bad? Why is he so polarizing in this year's draft, and is his rise consistent? Uh, and so I have to I have to go back and track all of this stuff and you know, bugging like 80 different people to make sure that they get the consensus big board in is not a ton of fun. Um, I try to make it fun by yelling at them a lot, but you know, for the most part, you know, making sure that everybody has all their consensus board data in, I have to be like, Hey man, I don't think this guy declared for the draft. Can you redo the, all of it? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it's a ton of like feedback and back and forth, but what's great is that everybody I get a board from, if they want me to, I, I tell them like all of the stuff that's like unique about their board. Like, hey, you're really high on this guy, this guy, this guy. You're really low on this guy, this guy, this guy. You didn't even rank this guy. And that gives them like a lot of content that they can work off of and talk about who are my guys? Why do I like these guys? What's different about my approach? And then what's really cool is it also allowed me to build up relationships with a ton of people. So I, I just finished uh, a piece on, uh, which is why I think a lot of people are talking about the consensus big board today on quarterbacks of the past five years compared to this year's class and so i talked to a bunch of people who have provided boards for me over the years and i was like hey can you rank all 26 of the quarterbacks that won in the first two rounds plus the five in this year's draft uh and and they did and they gave me some feedback and insights on why they did that and and it gives you a really good sense of like how strong like a quarterback class is so long answer to that question but it was, it was it's you know one of my pet projects that's great i had a i had a question arif so yeah, i think 2015 you said it was the the year you first started your, your consensus big board, obviously it's been, you know, six, seven, eight years now. What have you started to see more of a like position of value trend as the big boards continued yes. along? Like, uh, 100%. And, and like what I'm trying to like how, how to best phrase this question. So like, because the position of values become even more like just publicly important and everybody seems to just value it even more than, than in the past. What, um, like, how does that change how you, how you view the consent, the boards as they come in? Yeah, no, one thing that, um, and actually that's a really great way to kind of frame it. Um, one thing that um, that has happened is that, you know, quarterbacks have shot up the consensus boards. You, you can imagine that, but receivers have as well, right? You know, that that they've become part of the positional value um, equation, but also like the past couple of receiver classes were not that bad. So, you know, <laughs> part of that, you know, uh, is, is related to it too. But like you can compare the 2020 receiver class to the 2014 receiver class, you take a look at, you know, what the consensus was. Cause I didn't publish a board in 2014, but I was beginning this idea for the project. So I had gathered a couple of boards and the receiver ranks for people like Sammy Watkins, Nodell Beckham and Mike Evans. I mean, just a phenomenal class. Keenan Allen. Um, they were not nearly as high as the receiver ranks in 2020 for like Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson. And maybe Ruggs is not the world's best example, given that he's out of the league right now, but you know, CD lamb. Right. Um, but you know, the, the ranks of those guys went up just at receiver, right? Uh, you know, relative to the rest of the board. Running backs in particular have gone down, which is why I think the Bijan Robinson conversation is fascinating because I think in a lot of years he'd be like number two behind Will Anderson or maybe number three behind Jalen Carter. Um, but because it's a quarterback class and because quarterbacks just matter so much more than they did in 2015, seven years ago, eight years ago, Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I lost all my hair, uh, but 
<laughs> the uh, Bijan, uh, you know, would be a number one, number two, number three prospect. He's actually number five right now. I don't remember a board in the past three, four years where a running back was in the top 10. And that includes some really stellar running backs, right? And so for Bijan to be five, I think that that says more than like when Ezekiel Elliott was three, right? Like, I think mm. it, it's more meaningful, right? And is, he, be, is to- he behind? Um, Stroud and, and Young too. Is that like the yeah? And, and, that, and those are the four ahead of him. It's Stroud, Anderson, okay. Young, and Carter, right? And it's not like Young and Stroud are bad prospects, right? Stellar, right. right. But it's just like for for this guy to be ranked fifth in the consensus, and maybe that'll drop by the time I incorporate a couple of boards. I think that that is massive in terms of the amount of talent that he that he has to offer. Now, some boards have have dinged running backs pretty significantly. I've seen some boards where Bijan is by far and away the top running back. There's like 40 ranks between him and Jameer Gibbs, right? Who's typically the second running back. And he's like 28th on the big board. It's just like, you know, a lot of these boards are just like running backs, man. I don't know. This guy's so good. I think he might be a fringe first rounder. It's like such a weird <laughs> way to put it. And, and, and it also means that like um, when these boards are put together, they're getting a little bit closer to the way the NFL drafts because big boards typically are just talent, right? They're not valuation, but, a lot of the draft experts that have a kind of approached this are just like, well, you know, if the best player in the NFL drafted his position, if there's no one like him at this position in the past decade is a fullback, he's not going number one on my board. And so knowing that, knowing that I'm already putting some positional value into play here, I'm going to start moving some stuff around. I'm going to put tackles above guards unless it's a Q, right? Unless it's Quentin Nelson, right? I'm going to start putting, you know, centers a little bit below those guards, even though centers are supposed to be, you know, like the smart, I mean, they are the smartest member of the offensive line typically, but they're typically a little bit easier to replace in other capacities. I'm going to put them a little bit lower, even though the top center of the draft used to go in the first round on on occasion, right? Um, These edge rushers, I'm just going to push them up to the top, you know, that kind of thing. And so now the boards are, are reflecting the draft a little bit, more accurately although last year was a pretty big miss in that respect because all the quarterbacks that were supposed to go in the first and second round went third and fifth you know third and fifth round. so yeah that you, was that was weird go ahead, go that ahead, was Ryan. weird no go ahead miles you're good i was just gonna ask so when you look at how the position of values change and we take this back to the vikings how do you think Quazy did as his first year as a gm because we kind of saw and i think you know being crazy being an analytical type you know um gm as considered and and having that background position of value has got to be something I know he's, he views as valuable, but he didn't draft that way. The first part of the draft, his first draft as the Vikings GM last year, not um, as much as maybe I would have expected, especially in the, the first few picks. How do you feel that stacked up compared to maybe either his predecessor or just like across the league? Yeah. Yeah. You know, going like safety first and guard third or something like that is, is a little bit of a surprise from that respect, but the positional value of safeties has actually been fairly well debated in the analytics community. There are a lot of people that think safeties are very valuable. A lot of people that think safeties are overvalued. And so it really kind of depends on what side of the divide um, Quazy's in. And, you know, his first years at GM, we were able to actually ask him about this like very question, right? Like, you know, defensive tackle is like a less valuable position than edge rusher, but like, no one is not paying Aaron Donald edge rusher money. Right. So like, how do you, how do you kind of resolve this? And he's like, well, you know, the position that you play obviously is important, right? We're obviously going to pay most attention to quarterback, but you know, the, the, the reason positional value is important. He said this in like, you know, a different phraseology. I'm, I'm, you know, summarizing. Um, But the reason that like these positions matter more, generally speaking, is because those players have the ability to solve more problems for you. 
And so I just view it as, can this player solve some problems for me? And if it's a defensive tackle, it's a defensive tackle. If it's not, you know, whatever. That doesn't mean I'm going to ignore positional value. I just, I know quarterbacks matter a lot. I know that in, you know, a three receiver league, that receivers are going to be a little bit harder to find. So I'm going to value them a little bit more. But I know that if I got a running back that has the ability to beat, a, you know, the best coverage linebacker in the NFL deep down the field on, on a receiving route, you know, I'd, that guy might be pretty good. And so, you know, he's a little bit more flexible on it than I think a lot of the online discussion about positional value has kind of evolved. Um, and I think that the solving problems mindset is kind of one reason why you saw a guard go, uh, was it 66 overall? I think it was like, you know, something like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, I, think, yeah. I think it was in the 50s. I think 66 was awesome. Uh, no, that's, yeah, 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 you would know. That's right. right that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like 51 or 52 i think yeah, yeah. For, it was in the second uh, round. Yeah, it was in the second yeah, yeah. Room, yeah um but yeah you know it's like well a, a guard that high you know is, is kind of weird but there were some problems to solve in the vikings roster a guard was one of them so um i think that that was kind of an approach that he took but i think that you know hey if he gets a bite of the apple at quarterback i think he's going to take it this year and, and looking at that from that perspective, you've done your homework on a lot of these quarterbacks and, and they're on your consensus board, right? Do we need to make that move up to be able to, to secure one of those top four guys or with some of these other quarterbacks that we're potentially looking at, Hendon Hooker, it's a big buzz name around our community right now, um, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I know that's somebody that we met with at the Combine. Miles and I really like him a lot. You know, what route do you think that they might try to uh, to venture off into? I have yet to find a Vikings fan that likes Hendon Hooker. I don't really know what that's about because he's I like, like Hendon Hooker. Oh, you do? I, I like I Hendon Hooker. I don't know I don't if I like, like him at 23, Hooker. but I like that, him. I think but no, no, but yeah, but but I, yeah. but I mean, like at all. Right. So like oh, liking him sure. in the in the third round that that is, I think is somewhat unique. So like I took uh, him in the second round. Sure. Uh, so he's ranked uh, somewhere around 60th on the contestants big board. But I bet by the time I update this for the final board, he'll be above 50. I don't think yeah. he'll cross 30, but I think he'll be above 50. Um, and so how do you how do you kind of handle that? Right. Like, how do you figure out if, you know, quarterback's really important? 23 is not great. You don't have a second round pick. What are you going to do about it? You know, if they really are committed to this idea of a quarterback. And I don't think they're committed to any particular strategy, but if they were committed to one strategy and it was to find a quarterback, it would, it would be to try and leverage all the assets to trade up for like a Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Or if that's impossible, wait, trade down, pro hopefully get another third round pick, maybe a second round pick. We'll see what happens to like Dalvin cook and maybe Zedaria Smith in terms of the picks that they'll provide. But, um, you know, trade down, get another third round pick, maybe move, package the thirds together to get into the second, grab Hen and Hooker with that. I don't know. Um, but that would be if they're like really committed to one particular strategy. I don't know that they are. I would say that. So I don't particularly love Hen and Hooker. I think he'd be a great value at the bottom of the second, top of the third. I don't like him at the top of the second either. But, you know, I also kind of don't care how much I don't like him. Right. Like, I, I think that they should make a pick a quarterback <laughs> take this way take this swing yeah just do right it. exactly like, yeah yeah i i didn't that. like kellen mond i'm glad they made the pick turns out not to have worked you gotta you gotta take some misses when you swing Wait, right can we can we extrapolate on that a little bit because one thing i've noticed well we know kellen mond wasn't drafted as like the it's hard to say like he wasn't drafted to be the future starter but he was drafted high enough to to be considered a future starter yeah you could put sense. him on a developmental track potentially. yeah yeah, yeah. um but i think when you're going to draft a quarterback, 
let's say in the first three picks, first three rounds, your idea is that maybe that guy could potentially be your starter, whether it's your anywhere between years one and three, right? If you could find out early that that guy's not going to be, that's also like um, not a it, it sucks. Like of oh, course you you don't yeah. want to miss, but if you're going to miss, you want to know early. And, and I think to that point, like kind of what you're saying about Mond, I liked Mond. I liked the pick. I liked the idea that they were actually taking a swing at a guy at a fairly high enough pick that it mattered. But, yep, but now they thought, know they need to get but, a quarterback. Right. Yeah. Now they know. And, and it wasn't one of those like, ah, maybe this could be a guy, maybe not. And they're kind of wavering. It was just like, no, this guy sucks. We're going to move on and we're going to take <laughs> another swing at some point and like early. And they didn't decide to wait three, four years, some like some other teams do. And right. so that was just one thing I wanted to like talk a little bit more about because I yeah, just find well, it fascinating. So, so in the Minnesota football party, Sam uh, presented an option to both Luke Braun and I about like, hey, would you trade your entire draft to move up for whichever non-top two quarterback you'd like? You know, whether that's Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker. Trade the entire, you don't get to draft for the rest of the draft. Or would you rather just kind of have your ideal draft? You get, you know, the cornerback or whatever that you like at 23. You get whoever you like at 87. It's just, it's your ideal target, you know, there. Which would you rather have? And Luke and I both said unhesitatingly, for the very reason that you pointed out, Miles, uh, quarterback. Right. Because the Vikings will need a quarterback next year, whether that is yeah. to extend cousins or to draft a guy, whatever. Right. They may not be in a position to draft a guy um, based. You know, I don't know what the quarterback draft class is going to look like. You know, we who knows if Spencer Rattler is going to be anything. Right. I mean, Ryan. Let me know, but <laughs> you know he's off that. You know he's off that bandwagon now. He's but you know, like uh, you know, like Caleb Williams. Is, you know, who knows, right? Like who right, knows right. what this what this what this group is going to look like, and if it's any good or anything like that. But um, it's probably not going to have four quarterbacks, right? <laughs> so you're probably not going to be able to if you end up in the same spot with Cousins, which I think is kind of the idea, right? He's supposed to be good, right? The whole point of having him is that you're going to make the playoffs, right? You make the playoffs. Now you're not going to be in a spot to grab a quarterback. Well, you don't have to worry about that. You just traded an entire draft class for a guy. So uh, in a unique opportunity where you wouldn't have been able to before, and you get to make a decision. You've got him on the roster for one year. He's not playing. Mm -hmm. then, then year two, he's probably playing. Year three, he's probably playing. And then by then, uh, you've made a decision. If he's no good by year three, so that's 2025, you make a decision in the 2026 draft to draft a guy. If you can't do that, you probably have to wait until 2026 to draft a guy. Anyway, so you've missed out on an opportunity to grab a guy because in 2025, you don't have the guy in the roster because at the end of 2024, you didn't have the ammo to move up for the guy because right. you won too many times with a quarterback on the roster. So you have to wait until 2026 to draft a guy either way. So you might as well take a swing. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Obviously it sucks not to have the cornerback that you need, uh, especially inevitably when one of the, one of them gets hurt, it sucks that there's no competition for KJ Osborne, a known quality wide receiver. Um, <laughs> but you would love to have some competition. With that guy, what, right? a, what a week, what a weekend, what a weekend. Yeah. Oh, did incredible had. stuff. Incredible <laughs> stuff. Right. Um, I mean, pure content. I love it. <laughs> it's just it's phenomenal, right? Uh, it, it would suck not to have, you know, uh, a long-term successor to Harrison Smith. It would suck not to have some competition at linebacker with Jordan Hicks, right? Like it would, it would really be terrible not to have all these guys. It would be worse not to have a quarterback when you need one. Right. And right. you have cap space yeah, and, next year, which is what they cap planned space. on for. Well, they yeah. planned for cap space next year, right? So like if you have your quarterback in your building now, this year you kind of develop him behind the scenes and then you go spend to like propel everybody, everything around him. Yeah. 
Yeah, now, know, like, now all that dead space that everyone's worried about, the Cousins contract, the 28 yeah, million, yeah. Uh, or the 11 million in dead space from the Hunter contract, or whatever, right? Now all that dead space is just kind of absorbed with this quarterback contract. You don't have to worry about it. So you can right. just spend like normal. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you on that, right? You need to find your guy and you need to know as soon as you know. <laughs> right away what you need to do at that position, the most important position. Quasi's talked about that multiple times. Um, going going into, you know, non-quarterback talk here, obviously we have a few positions of need that you had mentioned, right? Quarter, uh, cornerback, wide receiver, linebacker, potentially safety. Um, let's say too, we just – Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, it's actually a huge need. Every, I mean, every, everything uh, we could just say like every position, everything. Basically. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> We're very top heavy still. Right. Um, if we decide to not go the quarterback route, what would you like to see or what are consensusly, what are you seeing out in the, you know, in the Twitter sphere and the, uh, you know, Viking sphere that potentially we, what, what route do we go and where would you like to see us go? Uh, I've been banging the drum for Deontay Banks at cornerback at Maryland. I, I love him. Has, this would be by consensus and overdraft. I think he's ranked 34th on the board right now. Again, we'll see when the final board comes out. And at 23, that would be a bit of a reach. But um, I think that he's more talented than Keely Ringo. And I like Cam Smith a lot. I think he's a little bit better than Cam Smith too, right? So if you don't get one of those top three corners, which, I mean, if you can get one of the top three corners, screw what I just said, get one of those guys. But, <laughs> um, but you know, if you can't get him, I, I, I like him a lot. Um, I think that would be ideal, but like there are a lot of directions you could go that you could justify it, right? Like um, when the Vikings were like consistently drafting cornerbacks in the first round and people were kind of making fun of them, including me, right? Um, part of the reasoning was that kind of the one two-year outlook at the position was not great, right? And so um, they needed to to account for the fact that Xavier Rose's contract was going to be up. So they drafted you know a couple of guys, right? Didn't necessarily work out, but like the thinking was there, right? And so... Um, I think that if they grabbed an edge rusher, right, because Marcus Davenport's on a one-year contract, what if he doesn't work out? Daniil Hunter, what, who knows what's going to happen with that situation, right? Uh, Zedaria Smith at some point is going to want – you grab an edge rusher in the first round, you're not setting yourself up to succeed in, in 2023. But you probably gave yourself some options for, for 24 and 25. It is probably my least favorite out of, like, the options that make sense, but it is justifiable. I would prefer – a cornerback, I'd prefer a wide receiver. That'd be a ton of fun um, to see what you could do there. It looks like they're going to be doing a lot more two wide receiver stuff, so it's a little bit less urgent. Um, I wouldn't love a linebacker in the first round. Again, that's a positional value thing, but I do think that you know Drew Sanders is a very, very talented linebacker. It'd be fun to kind of see him play. But um, you know, I, I would probably wait. It's not a great linebacker class after the top two anyway. So you know, we'll kind of see how that how that how that shakes out. Um, but you know, if they grab like a Kalaja Kansi, right? You'd be like, well, hey, they haven't actually had much of interior pass rush. Does right? he fit? Does he fit this type of style of defense, do you think? I mean, what is the style of defense, right? Like it's a fairly adaptable sure. front based off of what Flores has been able to do in the past. So um you could set this guy as a five and, and run um mm -hmm. your like typical three, four type stuff, or you could put him on the inside on a on a four three. I mean Brian Flores has managed fronts where it's like three, four on one side and four, three on the other side. Like I mean, it, it's very, very kind of flexible. You have to have the linebackers to be able to do it. Who knows? Right. But um, it's, it, I think that you can, you can kind of make it fit. I think Flores is definitely of like a, a coaching school where, you know, if a player is talented, there's no such thing as don't fit, which that's um, a pretty tough school to be on, on defense. Cause a lot of things have to work together in concert. 
Um, but I, I think that that's kind of where he is. And I think that's one reason that, for example, they just signed Jawan Johnson at cornerback. The guy runs a four, six 40 generously. It is pro day run four, six, we're like a four, six, two. Otherwise, um, it, it does not fit the mold of these athletes that the, the, the like the Byron Murphy's and the Caleb yeah. Evans and the Andrew Booth. It doesn't fit that mold. The idea is that they'll figure it out. Right. They'll figure out a way to kind of enable him. And I think that that is the approach that a lot of this defense has. And that approach can be disastrous. I don't think that like we, we say too often, you know, good, good coaches make good players fit. And there's there is such a thing as positional fit. And there is such a thing as a good player thriving elsewhere. Um, but I think that the way this defense works, you could justify exactly someone like a Klaja Kansi. Um, if, if the Clemson tackle Brian Brisset falls, you know, I think that they could justify that, that pick there. So there's a lot of things you could do the first round. I think cornerback ideally is the thing that you'd want to do because I just, it's tough for me to have confidence in, um, both the Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth working out. Like I, I'm, I'm reasonably confident that one of them will don't know who it's going to be. Right. Um, it is tough for me to be completely confident that both of them will. And so you might as well make sure that you've got as much talent as possible out there at corner. It's a very important position. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of positions where you could say, Hey, do that. The only position where I, I would be like, I don't know, man, is tight end, right? It's mm-hmm. like, they've, 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 they're good on tight ends. They just signed one. They've got a great pro bowler. Um, and it's such a deep class. You could probably find a great guy in the fourth round. So that's probably the one position where I'm just like, oh, maybe not. Like if they grabbed a tackle, I'd be like, I guess he could play guard, right? Like there's not a position, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, where like uh, where you can't figure out kind of what the thinking is there. Like safety, oh, Harrison Smith's going to be gone. This guy's not going to contribute right away, but, you know, Harrison Smith's gone. What but, about B. John yeah. Robinson? Do you feel that same way or no? It depends on what they do with Dalvin. If they get a great return for Dalvin, grabbing a running back in the first round wouldn't really bother me that much. Um, if they get a poor return for Dalvin, it just feels like that is that is not the best use of resources. Um, God, Bijan's that dude, though, right? Like it's it's tough. <laughs> he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's generational potentially, right? I mean, yeah, he's also a running back. <laughs> I mean, right? I've, I've watched right, him tour right. up my team for a while, and it's it's something. It's something. yeah, you know, right? Like uh, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 tough because well. like yeah, right. It's tough because like you see like that Saquon Barkley is not done the world's best job of lifting the giants out of their muck because no running back can do that. I was going to say, not... it's not his fault. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A quarterback can do that. <laughs> you know, like, right. and if Daniel Jones had had some receivers this year, I think it would have been better than if they, if, if Barkley had been injured all year, right. If they had a star receiver that would have helped them more. But then you also see like Christian McCaffrey in the 49ers was like really great. Like it is, really difficult to make and to watch that team and make an argument that Christian McCaffrey had very little impact. Right. So I, there's probably a world somewhere in the middle there where like, that's where Bijan fits, but you have to be really careful because right now McCaffrey is about the only second contract running back that is really given the team what they want. And it's not even the team that signed him to the second contract, right? Like Ezekiel Elliott, obviously that, didn't pan out right but you, know, you look at joe mixon we talk about trading Dalvin cook um even derrick henry i guess is on a trade block i don't know but it's tough to find that like second contract running back and so if that's the case i don't know if Bijan's going to be different right like yeah he's a generational back is he a generational 30 year old back we can't know that so <laughs> so like it's tough but i mean i don't know it's exciting if they did that i'd be excited if that's a metric probably not a great move be fun to watch the Vikings, though. 
Yeah, I feel like McCaffrey and, and Aaron Jones are like the only two guys that have like that. And Austin Eckler, I think he's the other guy too, but he gets yeah, Eckler's so much, interesting too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so much less than than the rest of those guys. Yeah. But um because of their versatility in the pass game though, like that's why I like those guys so much. But my last question for you, Reef, is is more around back to quarterback. We hear this argument, especially for the Vikings fans. You see you see and hear a lot of Vikings fans, they they, they seem afraid of making that move at the next quarterback because of of it being a failure because like Kirk has provided consistency and, and a stat and a, you know, an established consistency, right. And that the Vikings haven't really had in a long time. And um, I think that's one thing that fans like seem to be afraid of. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, so I get it. I get, I get it, it from that standpoint, but also he's 35. He's ex- it's always been expensive for the Vikings. Like, right. So like the timing makes sense, but the one thing that people always seem ah, maybe next year's the right year because they need to do X, Y, and Z before they get their franchise quarterback. Right. I know. I see it. I'm going to ask. That's the question I'm going to ask you, right, is when is the, like, right time to make that move for your, quote, unquote, franchise quarterback in the draft? Is it, like, when you have an established roster, like, you know, the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins in 2018 because they felt he was the missing piece? Or is it more like we're starting to rebuild back up? We want that quarterback to be a part of that journey. Well, so this discussion really only makes sense if you're picking later than 16, right? Because like the Bengals should not have picked Joe Burrow because they had an (laughs) awful roster, right? And then they surrounded him with talent, right? And then they made it to the AFC Championship game twice, right? Like, I mean, you know. Um, So for for a team like that, it's like the Chiefs roster wasn't wasn't that great when they traded up for Patrick Mahomes, right? It was, I see it similar to the Vikings, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They have a, that's actually they had a, that, yeah. a few elite players, and then they had guys, right? Yeah, they had guys, right? And it's like, yeah, we, we put together, you know, we coached Alex Smith up to the best performance of his career in his life, right? And then, but like, it wasn't like it was because they had all of this crazy talent. In fact, like, it, they got lucky in the fifth round, they got Tyreek Hill, right? So, like, um, I, I like these guys that that like trade up from like the bottom half of the draft to the top dra- uh, half of the draft. If the quarterback works, they're happy, right? It's not like Mitchell Trubisky's problem was that the Bears were bad. It was that Mitchell Trubisky was bad, right? Right. Like, like it wasn't like, like, like Blake Bortles ended up having a phenomenal support, like <laughs> outstanding supporting yeah. cast beyond my wildest dreams. Given how good the Jaguars were, like two years prior to that, right? Like, like when Yannick and Gakwe was like good, they had like, like. <laughs> The 2017 defenses between the Vikings and the Jaguars were some of the best defenses we'd seen for the past three, four years, right? And both mm-hmm. of them happened the same years. One of them happened to the Jaguars with Bortles, right? Um, that wasn't going to lie. They had a great sporting cast. Bortles didn't become good. So the, the right time to get a franchise quarterback is basically, are you capable of getting that guy? And do you need that guy? Now it's the right time. And by need, I mean, if you don't know who your quarterback on the roster is in two years, then you need that guy, Right. Which is why the Packers were right to grab a quarterback. I don't know if it was Jordan Love specifically. Sure. I, didn't, I didn't love him. But like um, the Packers were right to grab a quarterback and they've been grabbing quarterbacks, right? That, that's just part of the Packers school. Patriots have been doing it since yeah, they exactly. Tom Brady. They right? had no idea that like Tom Brady was going to play until he was 40. And at some point they were just like, <laughs> look. I, yeah. And they drafted a quarterback in the second round, like consistently. Some right. of them didn't work out. Some of them were Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like it, like, okay. And so the right time is like, I don't know who my quarterback's going to be in two years, and this is a franchise quarterback. We think that's the right time. Get him. That's that's why I continue to think that, like to your point earlier, the Vikings might are like if a guy falls, only if a guy falls, like a Richardson or Levis falls far enough. And I really see them making that 
that move up because because of that very reason. Like if you if you could spend a future second round pick to move up or a future first, but it's one one pick, not all of your picks, right? To go get that guy for yourself and then train him behind the scenes. I I just I I see that being like what a Quasi and KOC would like to do. Obviously, again, it all matters on on how and what and how the board right. plays out and how, how everything the first like probably ten picks because right. I think they, getting like. Up- like Richards would have impossible. to fall and they would have yeah. to agree that he's a first round quality quarterback and they'd right. have to have the, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Getting to three would be like fucking impossible though. I, people keep saying yeah. that. I'm not, I'm not saying that they technically couldn't, but I just, <laughs> that's like, so yeah. like I, you know, yeah. if, 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 if you were like, Hey, would you trade all five of the Vikings picks to get up to three? Obviously. Right. No right, team right. would, would, would not trade up to three with what the Vikings have. The, the real issue is you probably have to, Trade Dalvin Cook to somebody and use that, right? Maybe trade Zedarius Smith to somebody and use that. Then you probably have to trade two firsts on top yep. of all of that because the Vikings right. are picking so late in this year's first round. So uh, that's uh, and that might not even be enough, honestly. Right. <laughs> like, no, it's, that's the crazy part. Yeah, and and, like, and honestly, the only way I'm doing that is with one of those top two guys. Right. Like I, I'm not right. trying to do that for Richardson. Right? Yeah, that's like that's a big like. If if it's like the case that like the Houston Texans really are out on Stroud for whatever reason, I don't know because like that's been the rumor the past forty eight hours, right? Is that you know if it's not young, they they might trade out or they might just grab Will Anderson or whatever. Then yeah, you, like, you, like hey Cardinals, do you want every pick? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, okay, cool. Now you've got like a division full of like Ohio State quarterbacks or something, right? right? But like <laughs> I, I I think that. Um, like, yeah, it would it would have to be if like somebody falls a little bit past eight or nine, or maybe you'd have to wait until past ten because twenty three is a big trade up. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chiefs did it for Mahomes. That should that, that should tell you a lot, right? They had a guy. Yeah, 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 and that's what we've been saying for years. I think. <laughs> so my last question before we we uh, wrap this up, and it's kind of silly. But we, you were on around this time last year. You and I were going, kind of going back and forth with each other on Brian Asamoah. Has you, your feelings you about him so. changed? Oh, yeah, of course go. they have. I've got new information. Um, new information, yes. I love yeah, it. yeah. You go. You've always got to update uh, your priors. Um, I, I would say, you know, the vast majority of our understanding of how good he'll be is still unknown, right? Like we, we still don't know. He has played beyond my expectations, right? And I think that him picking up the the playbook as quickly as he did is impressive. I think it speaks a lot to what the negatives in his scouting report are supposed to be. But he still freelances a lot. He's still missing gaps a lot. He's still, um, you know, making those kinds of mistakes. And you still have to wonder whether or not, because he was such a good run defender, but he was so small, right? Uh, you, you still have to wonder how much of that is still going to translate, right? Because a lot of it's relying on shooting gaps still. So um, I, I'm, a li- I'm a lot more optimistic than I was, you know, like a year ago when we talked about it. Um, but I, I'm still in, in wait and see mode. But I think the fact that he's unquestionably the starter alongside whoever could be Jordan Hicks. Hopefully, you know, there's going to be a camp battle there, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But the fact that he's the unquestioned starter, I think, um, speaks a lot to uh, me probably being wrong about this. Well, and, and to be fair to you, he, he outplayed my expectations. <laughs> I didn't like, I, I was like, all right, core special teamer, maybe break starting lineup that like plays relatively like what I, yeah, he's more of like year two, year three kind of yeah. guy. And I mean, shoot, by end of last year, I was 
Like he should have been starting over Hicks for sure. Uh, yeah, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would have so, been comfortable with that if they made that decision by like week nine. I've been like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure. We'd love to have you back on maybe after the draft, uh, just because it's always good to kind of get your insights on that as well, but we can coordinate that later. Um, can you tell it, uh, you know, the, the listeners, what you're working on, anything that they can um, look forward to and, and where they can find you? Yeah. So I've got uh, profiles coming up on, uh, so I, I just published my profile on Bryce Young. Um, I've got profiles coming up on uh, the other three top four quarterbacks and maybe Hendon Hooker if I've got enough time to write that. Um, plus, I've got I've, I've been talking to um, some visual cognitive scientists about this S2 test everyone was talking about a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like really curious about it. So I'll get a piece about that hopefully on Monday. And then the final version of the consensus big board will be out next week. It'll include who the most polarizing players are. It'll include 87 or, or whatever boards. It'll include like almost 90 boards. Uh, it'll include kind of um, the differences between forecaster and evaluator boards and include all of the content that I typically put out with the consensus big board with a lot of the analysis breaking down all of the differences between all these players and which players um, kind of stand out in, in that respect. And then after the draft, we'll be using the consensus big board to, to grade these teams. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Love make it. sure you go check that out at Pro Football Network. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, go check out Pro Football Network for all that uh, content from Arif. And as always, if you like the content here, please like and subscribe. We are doing a giveaway, a That's Badass Wood Art uh, Skull sign for uh, one lucky listener, uh, one lucky subscriber, I should say, uh, once we hit that 3,000 mark. So uh, till next time, Skull Vikings. <laughs>